Hey everybody, just wanted to take a few seconds of your time before the podcast starts. Just wanted to let you know about a passion project of mine for the last three years called Hustle Focused Energy. It's a powdered drink mix intended to help you focus and accomplish your goals. Super excited to bring this to market. Go check it out, hustletheday.com. And thank you so much for listening. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have Fabian Raphael. She grew up in an environment of go to school, get a job, pay your bills, do the things that we're all told to do. She is now a business coach, a former elite athlete, and a YouTuber, and just a generally positive person to be around. You're going to want to listen to her story. Let's jump into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited to have Fabian Raphael here. Why don't you jump in here? Tell us a little bit about yourself and tell you know my audience a little bit about what you do. Okay, so whew, okay, let me start by the beginning. Um, I was not born in a family with entrepreneurs, so uh, so basically, I was taught that I should study until I get my diploma in university, get a job, stay there for like 30, 35 years, retire, and be happy like that. But obviously, this is not how my life happened. And um, after I graduated in physical therapy, I was an employee for a few years. And then, um, and then let's say I, I met my, my business and life partner, and he was already into personal development, working for himself and all that stuff. And then he said, well, you know, why don't you come with me to some conferences and start reading stuff about it? And, and, you know, progressively it opened me to, Hey, that could be an idea. So my first move was actually to transfer from physical therapist employee to physical therapist consultant. And Mm -hmm. actually the same place where I was working as an employee hired me as a consultant, like maybe a month later. So it was like the very beginning of me working for myself. That's how I got started. And then after that, well, I contemplated like many areas. So I had the healthcare agency that I built out of, you know, my physical therapy and wanting to help healthcare professionals find their spots in establishments. Um, I also had a home staging business. And with that business, I went on TV. So I had a TV show with that, with that business. And then eventually, well, I I felt that, you know, market, well, I could do better with my businesses and uh, I found out about marketing and this online marketing thing. I went to this huge conference and I was like, oh my God, like this is the missing link. And, you know, a lot of people already working from home and doing their stuff online and coaching people. I was like, wow, this is really a type of lifestyle that I would love to have. And thinking about, you know, the home staging business or the healthcare agency, well, there's always like trading time for money in those types of businesses. So that's how I like literally shifted progressively into, okay, let me embrace that online thing and, and see what can happen with it. So, uh, so that's how I totally fell in love with the online world and started with having my podcast, learning a ton, interviewing a ton of influencers. And then eventually things came clearer to me that really I wanted to coach 
high achievers and help them transition from, you know, being an employee to having a thriving coaching business. So I love to say that I help them monetize their knowledge so they can fire their boss. There you go. I love that line. <laughs> um, so you talked about, you know, being growing up in a, you know, a more traditional environment, go, go to college, go to university, get a job, you know, go through that process. And obviously you um, were lucky to meet your partner that was able to help you open your eyes, but how difficult was that transition and uh, going from that mindset of employee to, you know, employer? And then um, about how long did that process take? Yeah, I have to say that for me, it took a while because I, I still had the employee mentality. So meaning that, you know, I had the trading time for money type of stuff. So I thought that building a business required to work like a ton of hours and doing stuff. But then at that time, I remember like the first businesses that I had. Uh, and even with the coaching business, like, I think that I didn't invest enough time into like the strategic side of things. You know, I thought that as long as I was doing something, it would go forward anyways. But eventually I learned that when you don't have the right strategy, it doesn't matter how many hours you work, like you, you will lose a lot of time and energy for no reason. Um, so especially when we start, when, when I started with the healthcare agency, like, I really believe that I could do everything myself. So me and my business partner, like, so, so we, we were learning everything. I was spending a lot of time trying to get better at stuff that I was not great at instead of investing time into my zone of genius, you know? So I think that's a hard lesson that I also learned is that sometimes when you get started doing something, you shouldn't focus so much on what you're weak at. Actually, you should hire the resources to help you out with that and then double down on your strengths. So my strengths have always been to con connect with people, you know, um, being the brand, being the face of the business um, and in helping people, coaching, teaching, uh, being on interviews, on camera and all that stuff, you know. Um, but I was really focusing on, okay, so I'm not good with accounting and I'm not good with tech and I'm not good with this and that, right? So so I felt that I lost a lot of time doing that. So um, so to answer your question, like how long it, it took, it took me like, it took me a while because I have to say that the first time that I really started my first first business it was 10 years ago um so so i would say i was locked in that mentality and i also had like some limiting beliefs so it was by the time that i hired the right life coach to just unlock that um and you know just embrace the fact that i was worthy of people paying to get business to do business with me and all that stuff um so i would say it took a few years right at the beginning just to work on my mindset but as soon as like it did unlock, then I was able to more like express the true me and to attract the people that I truly wanted to work with, you know, but, uh, but it was a whole process and I'm not saying it's, it was an easy process because you have to recognize that something's wrong. And to me, nothing was wrong. It's actually my partner who at, at a point we had a very serious conversation and he was like, there's something happening because you know, we, it's as if like you're going in circles. Like I know you have the potential of achieving stuff, but it seems that 
you know, it never happens. So something's wrong. And he was like, I don't think I'm the right person to help. And most of the time when I get feedback like that, I'm not the type of person who reacts like aggressively and say, what are you saying? You know, like I just uh, retract and think um, and introspect. And I realized that he was, he was right. And I hired the right help. And, uh, and here I am today. Like, so, so it was like, a, it was, a, it was a long process. And it was a, it was a great journey, though, because I feel that I got a lot out of, out of, you know, him telling that, uh, saying that to me, and then me getting the right coach to help me out unlock these things. And now like, I, I couldn't like, so if I, if I have a client and I feel that they have those blocks and I will not be shy of telling them, you know, maybe you should invest into a mindset coach or into a life coach or into someone to help you unlock these because we, we know that mindset is extremely important. And if that is not clear, then you can't even think about growing your business. Or you will have the false impression that you're growing it, but then you'll fall back down and you won't understand why. So, yeah, no, that's great. So, you know, fortunately you had somebody who was able to help you see that you needed something else and, you know, you were able to find the right coach to do that. So you being a coach yourself, how is it that people can find the right personality that they mesh with? Like, do you interview multiple people? before you hire a coach or how does that process go? Oh, okay. So most of the people that I've worked with, it's always people that I've followed before. Mm. I read their content. I listen to, you know, their videos. If they have a YouTube channel, I listen to them, their podcasts and all that stuff. And then also I'm, I'm very familiar with their work. Um, so, and I see the type of results that they're getting. Sometimes what I do is I, if, you know, if a friend recommends me someone, um, then I discuss with that friend about their experience with that person. So, so I make sure that, um, you know, we share the same values and the same views and all that stuff. Um, so, so when we get on the phone, most of the time right now, if I want to hire someone, like I know, I know what they're about and I'm ready to buy. You know, I don't lose that time anymore. I'm not a coach shopping person, um, gotcha. not at all. Um, so if I know what I need, um, then right now, like with my connections that I built over the years online and my business besties, it's easy for me to find someone. So when I pick up the phone, I'm like, okay, when do we start? Like most of the time, because I'm already sold. Right. Yeah, prior to, to doing. And that's actually one of the best marketing strategies a coach can have, right? <laughs> when someone researches them before and, you know, they're familiar with their content, they know the results they can get and all that stuff, they get on the phone and they're like, where do I sign? When do we start? And how much do I pay you, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely, that definitely works out well for you. Um, so you personally, you, you say that you only work with high achievers. What does it mean to be a high achiever in your mind? Okay. So in my mind, being a high achiever is someone that always aims for more. Um, it, it's not someone that is too much of a perfectionist because that could actually block you from doing stuff because you always feel that you're not ready, but someone who aims for more and someone who's not afraid to put on the work. 
Um, someone who will not stop when one challenge or many challenges come in the way, they will be willing to go forward and do it anyways because they're goal-oriented. Um, and also because they're the reason why they're doing that is way more than just like making more money. You know, they feel that it's their life mission and it's their duty to put themselves out there in the world to help other people. Actually, I have the mentality that, uh, and I, I've, I've got that from, uh, from Jay Abraham, like with a strategy of preeminence. And he says that, you know, like whenever you are with someone and you feel that you're the right person to help them out, it's your duty to actually let them know and let them be aware of it. Because when you keep everything to yourself, it's as if like you're selfish, you know, when you're like too shy to put yourself out there, especially if you have that gift and it's your life mission, like what's, it's a lost potential, right? So you have to put yourself out there. So for me, high achievers are also people that have um, um, overcome a ton of, well, not necessarily a ton of things, but things that have challenged them in the past and that they overcame and that they became stronger out of that challenge that they had. And they're not putting excuses on the rest of the world. Like they take full responsibility and they are willing to do whatever it takes. So I was talking to you prior to the interview about a book that um, my, my, life, uh, my life partner was reading. And it was saying that, uh, you know, like when you do your best, sometimes it's not enough. You have to do whatever it takes. And high achievers, I feel that their best sometimes need to be whatever it takes and they're willing to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people say that they're willing to do whatever it takes, but really they aren't. They're willing to do their best. Mm -hmm. And those people that really do whatever it takes, it's a very small minority. But I mean, there are definitely people out there that do that. And I, I would definitely term them as high achievers. Because the thing is, when you do your best and it's not working, then you're like, well, I did my best and it didn't work. And then it stops, right? But when you're a high achiever, you won't say, well, I did my best and it's, it didn't work. It will work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's a difference. Yeah. So, you know, you had to work through, you know, all these different things to get to this mindset, to be able to, you know, go through all these different companies what would you say in going out on your own and doing your own thing was your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Mm, well, I think the, the biggest failure I think was, uh, um, when, you know, that part that I explained to you about the fact that I was always doing the same mistakes and then stuck in the circle. Um, I remember when I was in the office of that life coach and she was like trying to understand the deeper reason and uh, how I felt about myself. So I had a very low self-esteem in the business world, not like as an athlete, as an athlete, my self-confidence was really high, but it's as if like, because I, I was starting and growing a business and it was an uncomfortable grounds. So my confidence like was really low. And at that point, I remember that she asked me, um, you know, uh, with deeper and deeper questions, like how I felt about myself. And I remember saying, I am nothing. Mm. And then as soon as I said that, well, of course, I could have like started crying and all that stuff. I started laughing instead. Like I was, 
I was cracking up. I was like, oh my God, right? How stupid is that? <laughs> I'm nothing. What do you mean? And then she's like, yeah, so now you get it. Like, it was as if like, uh, there was this thought that I was nothing. So basically, whatever I would try, since I'm not even existing or I'm nothing, then it would not have worked out. So everything that I was doing, I was not doing whatever it takes at that time. Um, because it had to be logical with what I was thinking, which that was, I was nothing. So it would not work out. So it could be congruent and all that stuff. So, uh, so that I feel that that point, like was really my lowest point, but out of there after, oh my God, like it, I'm not saying that things shifted like the day after, but already the day after it, I felt like way better. And along the years, you know, I built on that and, and was able to slowly like uh, improve and being able to become that self-confident person that I am today. But, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, I would say that was my lowest point for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. that's crazy that you could drill it down to the point where you felt like you were nothing. I mean, I love that your reaction. I mean, that's great that you, that you laughed about it because it's obviously not true, but um, it's one of those things where it's like we we all have those uh, you know those self esteem issues those beliefs that we have to work through at some point in our life or else they'll you know eat away at us and I was it's good that you were able to drill that down and get to that point where you can start improving that uh, self image but you touched briefly on the fact that uh, you were an, an athlete um, and you did handball which was yeah. which is really cool. Um, but how does, you know, that experience, you know, having, like you said, you had the self-esteem, you had the confidence in, in being an athlete. Um, how does that relate to your experience now? Is that something you draw from often? I, I know you've been a mentor towards, you know, uh, some of these athletes as well since that time. Yes. So um, I would say that for sure, like being an elite athlete, you really shaped the person I became. So take off the self-esteem part that was like a, a low point but after that like everything that you learn as an athlete is about like high achievement right especially first of all like you have to be selected to be on the team so sometimes you're selected on the team but it, it's not sure that you're selected to make the big competition so you still have to fight and do whatever it takes every day in and day out to get to that point of being selected to go to the world, to go to the Pan Ams, to go to a championship, to go and travel with the team. Um, so, so I think just that, you know, being able to push and express like the most of your potential is a great lesson that you have to learn as an elite athlete. And then if you want to get results, if you want to get selected, well, you have to do whatever it takes. Um, and when you do whatever it takes, well, it's not as if like it's sunshine and rainbows all the time. Sometimes you don't feel like going to practice. Sometimes you don't feel like lifting weights. You don't feel like running. I hated running. But I knew that if I didn't do it, well, I would diminish my chances to be selected to be on the team. So basically, you do it anyways. And entrepreneurship is like that. You know, some days you, you might not want to create your content, right? You might feel it's boring for you today. But you know what? You know what the end goal is. You know that it might bring you more clients. You know it's good for expanding your reach, you know, sharing what your value is and positioning you as an expert. So you do it anyways, okay? 
So sometimes it's like that in entrepreneurship. So I feel that that's one thing that it makes you learn. Yeah. Second thing, I was lucky enough to do a team sport. So I worked like I, I played with a ton of different personalities, right? So all the teammates, like some teammates are not your friend, but you have to play with them anyways, right? And it's funny because sometimes like, especially in women's team, uh, sometimes when a person doesn't like the other one, well, they won't pass the ball, which is completely stupid, right? Because if you aim to the same goal, well, who cares who's next to you? If you know, like she can score and she's open, well, pass her the ball, right? So you weren't, I was not necessarily friends with all of my teammates, but I know that we had the same goal. And I remember that, especially going to the Pan Ams 99, where this was like the year where we had the strongest time, uh, the strongest chance of making it to qualify to the Olympics. That team those Pan Ams, like I'm, I'm assuring you, each and every single game, everyone gave their all. We didn't win overall. We finished second. But I know that everyone gave their all all the time. And that's the most important thing. So that, it made me learn as an entrepreneur that not everyone responds the same way to everything. And that uh, I will not necessarily be friends with everyone in entrepreneurship or online or whatsoever. But what's important is that we share like the same value of high achieving, like hard work, um, you know, respect, uh, loyalty, empathy, and all that stuff. Because to me, values are very important. But also the fact that I'm sure that the person I'm working with is going to do whatever it takes to go to their goal. And if I feel we have a disconnect like that, either for me when I work with a coach or for me when I work with a coachee, then it, we're not a great fit. And I'm not scared of saying, well, you know, we might not go forward with that relationship because I don't think it's going to work. Right. So so these are things. And also the respect for coaches. Um, you can't you can't achieve anything in sports if you don't have great coaches. And uh, one of my first mentors was my, my coach uh, from the national team, Stefan. And I remember that uh, I was starting as a, uh, as a physical therapy student full-time at university. At the same time, I was starting in the national team. And uh, three months after I started, I went to see Stefan. I was crying. I was like, Steph, I can't do it. Everyone says I'm crazy. Physical therapy is hard. Um, I want to... I want to uh, I want to quit. And he's like, oh, yeah, you want to quit? I was like, yeah, 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 I can't do this anymore. And he's like, well, you know, you should learn that um, people, what people are saying um, should not be what you should base your decision on. People are going to criticize anyways. They're going to say a lot of stuff. But remember that these people, they're not in your shoes and they're not going to experiment what you're going to experiment as a national athlete learning to, to play with your teammates, but also traveling all over the world and discovering and opening your mind and getting those life lessons. So he said, um, he said, I trust you as a player and I think you have great potential, but you're just going to miss out a ton of things if you decide to quit today. And then he said, I'll see you in practice in 30 minutes. I was like, okay. <laughs> and that was it, right? Um, so, so yeah, so I had a, a, a ton of respect for him. Um, and, and many of the coaches that I had along the way in sports, because I feel that with the right people around you, of course, it pushes you to perform at a higher, 
level and also become always a better version of yourself. Um, so in entrepreneurship, well, yes, it's impossible to make it all on your own. I mean, it's either like a book that could be life changing. It could be a coach that changed your, you know, your way of thinking or switch something for you. And then all of a sudden things are working out. But of course you also meet bad ones. And uh, I think all of them have a specific role to play because when you meet the bad ones, at least you have an example of how you don't want to work with your, with your clients. Um, so, so yeah, many lessons from, um, from the athlete's word to uh, entrepreneurship for sure. Yeah. And you touched on something uh, twice there, you know, in the story with your coach and, before that, you were talking about, you know, not giving up, you know, like with your physical therapy, you, you didn't, you wanted to quit, but you kept going with it. And, you know, entrepreneurs do that a lot where they hit a roadblock or they don't want to do something that day, you know, they, what is the power in, in still going and still moving forward with that, even when you don't want to do it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's definitely, I think, you know, a lot of power to, um, in that when you say you're going to do something, you still do it. And that, you know, gives you stronger self-belief and doing those exactly. things and able that's to do thing. it over again. Cause you don't give up on yourself. Right. And that's, and that's crazy because like, if you think about it, most of the time, like this is how people fail. They fail on themselves. You know, if someone asks them to do something for them, they'll be like moving mountains to do it. But then it has to do with themselves. Like they'll be like, oh, that could go last, right? And then it'll go if I have time, right? But we should prioritize like our dreams first and then work on, on other things. Yeah, you're, you're speaking to me right there. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll drop things to go help somebody else out and then be like, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'm, I've been working on that, but Great. <laughs> um, so since this is the hustle of the day podcast, what would you say is your personal definition of the word hustle? Yeah, it changed over the years. Um, as I shared at the beginning of your interview, um, I, I, I first thought that hustling was like, you know, um, working all the time, not sleeping, um, neglecting myself, right? In the name of the business or in the name of everybody else, right? Um, and, and I feel that that could lead to burnout and, you know, no clarity and being mixed up in your head and thinking, what should I do? Should I give up? And what that stuff. Um, hustle, I don't know, like, maybe now to me it means it, it just means like to do whatever it takes that that's it to do whatever it takes um and and i don't know the dictionary definition of the word hustle um but but i would say like to me that's what it means it doesn't mean that you have to work 16 hours a day it means that you have to really putting full energy into the specific actions that you have to do in order to reach your goal that's yeah. That's what I feel it would be today. That is an awesome definition. I, I love it. I definitely support it. And I think, uh, you know, that's, that's got to be the mentality for a lot of people now. You got to do whatever it takes and mean it, not your best, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to take, you know, too much of your time. 
um, because I know you've got to run, but I want to ask you one final question here. But before we do that, where is the best place for people to find more information out about you? Oh, it's at FabienRaphael.com. And uh, actually there you could have like some free content. And I also have a YouTube channel where I have a ton of content that I can sh I'm sharing with you. And it's at bit.ly forward slash Fabian YouTube channel. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And I've checked it out and it's great content. Definitely support it. Um, and I'll make sure to include links in the show description so people can find your content a little bit easier. Um, but the, the last question I want to ask you is personal or business. What is it that excites you about the future? Ooh, okay. So what excites me now? So I know that the, this interview is going to go on like later on, but right now we are in October and, uh, I feel that 2020 was a crazy year for a lot of people. And what I'm excited about is that I it seems to me that a lot of people are having their wake-up call from the universe. And I'm seeing that like this because I thought it, before I would say their midlife crisis, but then I listened to an episode of the Red Table Talk um, and Brene Brown was the, uh, the guest on the show of Jetta Pinkensmith. And uh, she was saying that uh, there's no midlife crisis. It's just a wake-up call from the universe. So basically, a ton of people are reconsidering what they're doing. They're reconsidering like what have gone on in their lives up to now and what can they do to make it better. And I feel that this is where the coaching industry is going to boom because a, a ton of people are opening up to the possibilities of, is there a better lifestyle that I can experiment for me, my kids, and also get some money in the household so I can pay the bills and more. So go on vacation, spoil my loved ones and all that stuff. And the coaching business is such an answer to that. So I feel that a ton of people are, you know, gifted and qualified to help others, but they're not doing it because they don't know how to get started or, or they don't know like if they have everything they need to be going forward with it. But I feel that all this, you know, that's been happening this year has pushed a ton of people introspect and really change gear and opening up to doing something for themselves. So that's what excites me because I feel that there are going to be a ton of coaches now um, that people are going to embrace the online journey. And I so also feel that, uh, that, you know, it's everything that's happening now is just a disruption and showing that it's not true that it's necessary for everyone to, commute to work, you know, be pissed because they were stuck in traffic and then take an hour and a half to calm down and be productive at work and then drive back home for like almost two hours and then be exhausted with their kids at home. I don't feel that this is necessary anymore. And, and 2020 has proven that. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love that whole idea. It's a wake up call, not a midlife crisis. Um, and you want, we've, We've all definitely had some sort of wake-up call one way or another this year. <laughs> <laughs> Many of them. <laughs> for sure. Well, thank yeah. you for taking time out of your day. And I'm glad we're finally able to get this interview going. And you know what? I, I, it's great to learn a little bit more about you. Uh, but, you know, I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten a ton of value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day. <laughs>